All right, everybody. Welcome to Rick Six, Season One, Episode Nineteen. We're back here with my man, man Preston. Go ahead and say what's up. What's up, God? <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm eating a Laker roll right now from my favorite sushi place. That's is that actually, dank, so. is that actually what they're called in uh, L.A.? No, yeah. So this specific roll, it's salmon inside and outside with the avocado on top and like some red cabbage. Um, and it looks like there's there's some cucumbers and stuff inside. So yeah, it's called a Laker roll. And what is this place that you got it from called? It's called Kinza. It's literally like two minutes from my house. Some of the best sushi in LA. Well, the, there you have it right there. As Preston Pope just quoted, this uh, Rick Six episode is sponsored by Kinza. Get your sushi roll today. Yes, very, very good sushi. Yeah. Okay, so the main reason why we're here today is because we're here to talk about some more NBA talks because, Preston, the season is upon us. Isn't that crazy? Literally, we uh, talk about an offseason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, this is going to be so crazy, dude. This is going to be the craziest like free agency um, slash draft slash everything ever because it's unprecedented. Like Everybody's going to be in an arms race right now. All the top teams, you could say the race is even more wide open this year than it was last year. Um, all teams are very even. Everybody's going to be extremely healthy at the start of the season because of the break. It's going to be something super exciting to watch. Like, I don't know of any players that are going to be injured entering the NBA season. Yeah. And by the time the season starts, Merry Christmas to all the NBA players, because it's official, man, we we're back here and then expected start date two days before Christmas, 72 game schedule. And you know, obviously you got the NBA draft, which is the main thing coming up next, which is coming up next Wednesday. And free agency is 48 to 72 hours after that. And then December 1st, training camps open. So you look at all these other teams, you know, they're getting the rest. They're getting like 200 plus days, the teams that didn't make the bubble. And then you look at the Lakers, they only get 72 days if that if the potential start date is actually on December 22nd. So Preston, how do you think about that? Because obviously you guys already got your ring. You're happy. LeBron's happy. AD's happy. The Lakers are happy. Except maybe Kyle Kuzma, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kuzma's definitely happy with his Instagram models um, and his TikToks and, and everything in that nature. I, I think he's going to do just fine. Uh, but he might get sent out of L.A. and that might make him unhappy. But I will say this. I do not think we are satisfied. I think a big part of us wants to prove to everybody that it was not a Disney championship. And so we're going to come out firing. Um, obviously, the first couple of weeks, our main guys aren't going to be playing a ton. We'll probably lose like like a, a majority of the like the first 10 games of the season. And then we'll pick it up after that. But um, I think rest won't be like a crazy issue. Um, I, I think they, they'll have enough enough time to rest. Um, a couple months is a decent amount. It's just the uh, a shortened off season, pretty much um, as far as preparation for the season. And I think everybody's facing um, – I think they'll be facing it more, though, because with uh, they'll probably have more roster changes than a lot of other teams. But I think it's more of just like the chemistry that's going to be an issue for a lot of teams. Yeah, well, indeed, I know LeBron's tired of people. I mean, even uh, you can say all you want that like, oh, they don't pay attention to the fans. I mean, deep down, they're really always lurking at what people are saying about them. And, you know, LeBron doesn't take that shit lightly. So when he hears people saying there's an asterisk next to the title that he just won and, you know, the Mickey Mouse rings, the three, six and one jokes like he doesn't take that lightly. So 
they're also probably super pissed off that they don't get as much rest. You know, you know, they're going to be fine. They're, they're a good team and they're going to be contenders up there as well and expected to go back to the NBA finals. So they'll be good. But the main thing is, is the 2020, 2021 prospects, man, pressing this class is loaded. It's going to be super hard to see where everybody goes, but we've been eyeing it for so long and not having a March Madness season this year kind of sucked because to see what some of these prospects could have done and their, you know, final run with their teams, but their, uh, their dreams are going to become a reality next week. Yeah, this, uh, this is going to be really tough for organizations to engage and much more so for uh, fans and analysts and things like that. I think we're going to be really surprised by a lot of the picks so basically we're just, we're just going off what we like, what we know um, is pretty much almost a year old at this point. We're going off a film that's literally was uh, prior to March. So that's about nine months ago. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like what's exciting about this class is I've been following a lot. Of, I've been following a lot of these players since they were in high school, but it's disappointing to not see them play in the tournament um, and March Madness. It was disappointing not to <laughs> really be able to see James Wiseman play at all because uh, of stupid NCAA rules. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to be surprised. Um, and I'm happy with my list. I think I think my evaluation is pretty on point as far as prior to March. We'll see what kind of leaps people made this offseason because, I mean, as, as a trainer and everything like that, I've seen the leaps some of these players have made, um, some of the guys I've trained they just made a massive leap because they had so much free time just to be able to be in the gym um, and work. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's go ahead and get onto these prospects. So first overall pick goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I think we all know who's going first here, but let me remember that. We know who should go first. Yes. Either Edwards, Wiseman, or LaMelo could go first. For me, it's uh, it's hands down. Um, Anthony Edwards is my number one prospect. He's still learning a lot from the game. He didn't really get into basketball until like a couple of years ago. So he's still learning. He's the most explosive player in the draft. Um, if you guys have already seen his, uh, his fitness testing that they did a couple of weeks ago, out of all the players they've tested since like 10, 15 years or something like that, he's in the 99th percentile for takeoff speed and 98th percentile for his ability to stop on a dime. That's comparable to James Harden with a player, his size, his strength, his athleticism. It's completely ridiculous. And his talent is just amazing. He's got an amazing jump shot. Uh, that's only going to get better. He's got star potential. Um, all three of the top prospects have uh, amazing star potential. But for me, Anthony Edwards goes over the top probably just because he doesn't have the kind of circus surrounding him like LaMelo does with LaVar and all that added pressure um, with everything that's happened with Lonzo and, and, you know, Leangelo and, and dealing with the ball in the family and all that. Um, so for that reason, Anthony Edwards is my number prospect. And if the Timberwolves keep their pick, they 100% should take Anthony Edwards over any other prospect, best prospect, best fit for their team. Um, and I think they should really take him unless they're able to find something that's, like someone offers them something that's just impossible to pass up. They could end up trading down though. Um, or they could end up trading for a star such as like a Bradley Beal or a Russell Westbrook. Um, a lot of these other players who ha are rumored to possibly be traded. Um, but yeah, for me, I've got Anthony Edwards mainly just because of his star potential and his athleticism um, and his ability to shoot the ball consistently. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, having Edwards, I think he's definitely the best prospect. I think he's going to have, I mean, obviously this is kind of not really fair to say, but if it's a prediction I'm willing to make, I'm willing to make it. And I'm going to say that I feel like he's going to be the best player in this draft. I think the sky's the limit with this guy. All-star potential, franchise piece, able to spread the ball around, uh, a wing guy. He's, I mean, he really has it all. And I haven't seen a guy with this much potential in a while. Um, as far as the, at the guard position. So I'm really excited, you know, if the Timberwolves do get him, how do they, how do they uh, use him as a ball dominant player with someone like D'Angelo Russell, who moves the ball super well. And, you know, having another piece with Carl Anthony Towns, a lot of people aren't a big fan of, of Carl Anthony Towns and, and, you know, they think he lacks discipline and other things defensively, you know, just some of the, the real bad cons about Carl Anthony Towns. So, but I mean, if you, if you get Edwards here and you, you mimic those three guys, you know, they're only going to work well together and they're going to help build that franchise around, but, or you could see the Timberwolves just screwing up and totally doing something stupid because the Timberwolves have had bad draft picks in the past. So if it all goes well, you take Edwards at one and I think it would be the best possible outcome. Don't overthink this. Don't overthink this Timberwolves. Just take them. Yeah, just take him. Absolutely. Or trade for Bradley Beal. Yeah. So super exciting prospect right there with Anthony Edwards. Number two, Preston, take it away. Number two, we have the Golden State Warriors selecting. This is the most intriguing pick of the entire draft. Hands down, the most intriguing pick. You got the Warriors, obviously. You've got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and then they've got freaking uh, Andrew Wiggins. So you know, they're going to be in the playoff race um, and they're trying to put pieces together now in order to contend for a championship. They have the assets in order to, uh, to make some amazing moves this off season. But the question is like, which direction are they going to go? I-, I have a feeling that their management team has something up their sleeves. We just don't know anything about it. I think we're going to be completely off and they're going to do something unpredictable. Um, if they do the predictable thing, they'll take Wiseman. He'll be a solid fit right away. Um, or they could potentially pick a uh, trade down and get Obi Toppin. I think Obi Toppin um, as a lob threat and a floor spacer would be really good for them. Um, if they wanted to trade down and they were able to collect an asset from, let's say like the, the bulls or the Cavs, maybe they're able to trade down and get uh, Zach Levine. Maybe they're able to get Zach Levine or somebody like that. Um, I think they're going to trade for an asset. I think that would be the smartest thing to do. They got to trade for another all-star in order to contend for a title. Um, and also they're going to need to clear up some cap space as well with either, um, Andrew Wiggins or Draymond green, something along that line, if they want to, uh, be able to go after Giannis next year or even trade for Giannis this year. So it's either Wiseman or trade. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that as well. And I, I think the warriors are in the best position right now as, as far as the team in the lottery just because in the sense of these other teams are needing these players because they need to, you know, start rebuilding their team and, and become a championship caliber team. The Warriors are already there. The Warriors literally just took a year off because of injuries. We did, Steph Curry, uh, you know, sprained his wrist earlier in the season. He was out for the majority of the season, comes back, and it's already too late. You know, they kind of finish out the season strong. And then Clay Thompson tore his ACL in the finals last year. He was out. Kevin Durant, they lost him. He was a big part of the reason that they lost the Toronto Raptors. So the Warriors really just kind of took a reality check and they took a year off and you know, it was okay. I mean, Steve Kerr, for the first time since he's been the Warriors head coach in his fifth year or in his sixth year, I should say, he had to really step back and kind of coach the team. 
In the past, he didn't have to. So I think the Warriors are in the best spot possible. They have the number two pick. They can really control what they do with this at this point with it. You know, the easy cliche pick right here is James Wiseman. And you can't go wrong with him. If you decide to get James Wiseman, he's going to bring great stuff for you guys. And, you know, if not, then you still have assets to trade. You have Andrew Wiggins. You have Draymond Green. You know, if you're going to get a star player like Giannis, which God forbid, I hope they don't. <laughs> but <laughs> the Warriors, I think they're they're in prime position. They're going to be competing this year for the Western Conference Finals up there with the Lakers. They're going to be right back to where they were. I don't think we have to worry about them being a top five seed in the West at all, if they're healthy at least. And I think they're going to be okay. But as far as the the prospect here, I think Wiseman at two, or if we're talking about the Warriors, I agree they trade. I also forgot to mention that um, a lot of people have been talking about them trading down for Tyrese Halliburton, um, who is the guard out of Iowa State. 6'5", good defender. Um, he shot 42% from three, um, I believe, in his, his 14 or 15 games he played at Iowa State. Um, so he's he's a top three shooter in this draft. Even though his form is kind of funky, he still he still shoots the ball with his his dominant fingers and gets those wrists down. So um, his shot's extremely consistent. But yeah, he he's a he's a consistent shooter, even though he has unorthodox mechanics. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton also spreads the ball around really super well too. Six six and a half assists per game behind Lamella Ball. Only other guy in front of him. We know how much of a good prospect Lamella Ball is too, which brings us to number three on the list. And I'll go ahead and kick this one off. The Hornets right here. Lamella Ball from Australia. Star potential. He's a guy that I think could make an immediate impact right away. You know, with with Lonzo Ball, we were kind of uncertain about him. He, He had a lot of mechanic issues. Didn't have the greatest jump shot coming in. And it took him a little bit to kind of get that chemistry down. Uh, with the Lakers and he kind of got drafted in a shitty situation at the time too. It took him a little bit. And now, you know, we can see all the progress he's made. Not that's not the same with Lamella ball. In my opinion, I think Lamella ball coming in, he has poised to be like a top 10 point guard immediately and make an impact here. It just kind of sucks. I think if, you know, a team like the Pistons were to trade up for him, because I know that they were talking to him, that'd be great. I know you, you were kind of telling me about that Preston. Uh, I think that'd be some, a better fit than, than, you know, Charlotte. I think Charlotte's organization is, is just a mess right now. They're basically giving him the open floor right there. They're saying, okay, LaMelo, you're going to be our guy. It's kind of, it's kind of like Kimball Walker. You're going to run our franchise for the next six or seven years or so. I mean, hey, we're not going to win, but you're going to be the star player and in, in why we're doing it. So I just think the Pistons just have more more of an upside for him if he wants to have like impactful start to his career and, and you know, at least competing for like an eighth or seventh seed because the, the East isn't that like stacked, like at the bottom half, at least. You know, you have like the top four teams that you know in the East are going to kind of be switching off. You got, you know, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Toronto, Miami. You got those teams and then after that from like five to eight it's really open you know sometimes the pacers are always sleepers um the wizards haven't been good in a long time but they're normally hovering around there about the ninth eighth seed or something and the orlando magic they're always up there so it's really if you're the pistons you know you're you're probably gonna get that eighth ninth seed every year and get swept by whoever you play in the first round but i mean if Lamelo could go there and carry them to like a seventh or eighth seed, which is what they're expected to be anyways, he's going to get the playoff experience his first year in the league, if that were to happen. If he goes to Charlotte, he's going to be content with winning about 20 to 25 games a year, not if even. And so I just think that 
you know, I would hope he would be in a better situation, but nonetheless, he's still the number three prospect. In my opinion, I could, you could argue him being the number one prospect anywhere from one to three range. If you want to argue LaMelo, I'm all for it, but I have him at number three in my mock draft. Yeah, I have LaMelo um, as the number three pick as well, simply because the Warriors are not going to take him. Um, he just would not be a good fit for the Warriors. Otherwise, he's my number two prospect. I have him right behind Anthony Edwards. Um, they could go hand in hand. Like I just said earlier, though, um, the circus puts him below um, Anthony Edwards uh, in that regard. So we could really see the Pistons trade up. We could see the Celtics trade up. Um, I don't think the Celtics are going to trade up to get LaMelo. Um, but we could see them trade up with their first, uh, with their three first round picks. I think the Pistons are one team that is seriously considering trading up. Um, as far as assets, they have future picks. Um, they have Blake Griffin that they could trade, which would be Blake Griffin on the Warriors. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Uh, interesting there. Uh, their salary cap table is looking pretty well. I mean, they're going to be losing pretty much half their roster this offseason, so they're going to have to sign a lot of free agents. Um, but the only big contract that's sticking out for them is the Blake Griffin contract, which is like $44 million a year. It was either 44 or $34 million. Um, I, I think it's $44 million, though. And so outside of that, they got Derrick Rose on a really good contract. That's a good asset that they could trade if they draft them. Um, and it would just be a really good ground floor uh, to build up through LaMelo. So I, I would be all for the Pistons do, uh, doing that. I think it would be a really good situation for LaMelo. I know a lot of, like Mike Schmitz has been talking about the Hornets being the best fit uh, for LaMelo simply because of Michael Jordan being able to kind of handle that personality. But he hasn't really handled anything um, yet as an owner. No, not so, at all. So he's he's really struggled um, and they've really struggled with their management. So, and their salary cap table is not looking good at all right now. They're not going to be able to rebuild for a little bit unless they give up a ton of picks and just trade everyone away. I, I don't really buy into that whole Jordan and LaMelo thing, because if you think about it, like, you know, what is Jordan going to do to him besides really just be kind of like a mentor or role model for him? Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, that that's the normal thing to do, but it, does it really help him? You, you know, like a, a guy like LaMelo coming in, you know, where he comes from and, you know, how he's played it's like you would expect him to already have those kind of thing attributes coming in why would he need to have jordan you know what i mean yeah 100 percent agree yeah the thing that could help him out with jordan is just handling the limelight um but outside of that he hasn't shown an ability to really de develop anybody so far so i, I don't want to just like throw that like mike smith just threw that out there out of out of nowhere like oh michael jordan a perfect fit like michael jordan hasn't done crap as an owner Are you kidding <laughs> me come on man if you weren't an NBA fan, like everybody knows who Michael Jordan is, right? So just think about it. If you knew nothing about basketball or the NBA overall, and you heard Mike say that, the, yeah, maybe that you would agree with that. But someone that actually like pays attention to basketball, nobody buys that crap. Like we know what is Michael Jordan hasn't done anything. Oh yeah. Like 90% of ESPN's audience was like, oh, LaMelo needs to go to the Hornets. Oh yeah. MJ bro. <laughs> last dance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Number fourth pick. Take it away, Preston. All right. So number four, uh, we have the Bulls selecting at number four. I think they will definitely keep their pick. I don't see them trading up or anything. For them, they have a ton of options of where they could go. Their their salary cap table is kind of all over the place right now. Um, they have a lot of question marks surrounding um, Zach Levine. 
and uh, and kind of like how their their cap table is set up right now. I think they're they're overpaying two guys right now. They're overpaying um, Otto Porter Jr. and uh, let me look in my history. Is right it? Now. Oh, um, Thaddeus Young. Yeah, Thaddeus Young. Oh, <laughs> Thaddeus Young. That's a terrible contract. <laughs> Wait, wasn't um, Cristiano Felicia or whatever on still on there? Is he still on there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Bulls, a lot of young talent they're developing. I think they just got to go for for the best prospect at this point. Um, and a, a lot of the other picks are going to be fit picks after this pick. But I've got uh, Denis Abdia. Um, he's a foreign guy, 6'9 playmaker um, with shooting potential. Uh, he's not consistent shooting yet, but he's got shooting potential. So if if he's able to get a shot, you know, he could pose a big mismatch um, for defenders if he gets switched on the bigs and things like that, because, you know, the playmaking's already there. He, he sees the floor extremely well. Um, his handle is great. He's able to step back, create space very well um, against bigs. And so if he learns that, it's great. I think outside of the top three, he's got the next biggest star potential. He might have even a bigger, I think he has bigger star potential than James Wiseman. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, he has bigger star potential from Jaden Wiseman and might even have um, the highest uh, potential in general um, out of the top three players. He's just still developing. Well, Preston, I'm, uh, you know, I hate to agree with you, but I think this is actually going to be the last one that we agree on because after this from five to 14, I think is when we're really going to have kind of difference of opinions of where people go and, you know, just the best prospects overall. But th- this is the last one. I think I'm going to agree with you here. I also agree. I think, uh, Denny Avita, did I say it right? Denny, Denny Avdia. Denny Avdia. Okay. Denny Avdia. <laughs> oh gosh. I'll get it down. I promise. Uh, yeah. I think actually this is one of the few outcomes in the top 10 that I'm like expecting to happen. I think this is actually going to happen. You know, a lot of other ones are kind of up and down, you know, one through three. It's like, I think this one is actually set in stone. I think the bulls can't pass this guy up and they need to take him here. You know, they really found something with Colby white off the bench from their front court this year. Avdia can help them really well. And they also got another foreign player with Lori Markinen, who's a really solid, solid shooter. And, you know, maybe he could help Avdia work on his jump shot because it, like you said, it's not consistent, but it's an improving shot. Yeah. And I guarantee you it's gotten better over the break. We just, we just don't know. Cause we haven't seen anybody play since March. So he could be one of those guys that comes in and surprises the league like Luca. Yeah. He's a playmaker. And he has nice handles. Luca has really nice handles. So yeah, he's a tall foreign player um, who has a good playmaking ability and is experienced playing in the pros. So yeah, no, yeah, but I I I think this is the last one we might agree with. But I, yeah, I agree. Uh, Danny Evdia goes to number four to the Chicago Bulls. All right, number five. All right, so Cleveland Cavaliers have the number five pick. Um, in my mock draft, I've got them taking Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. He is one of my favorite players in the draft. Oh my goodness. But so many people have him all over the place. I've seen him as high as fifth and as low as 12th. Um, but he's going to be a lottery pick. We know that for sure. He's going to be a lottery pick. Um, he is the best defender in the draft by far. It's not even close. He is 100% the best defender in the draft um, for his position. The next one up is Devin Vassell, and he is a terrific defender. Don't get me wrong. But that's how good Isaac Okoro is. Isaac Okoro going to be one of the best defenders in the NBA right off the bat. Um, he's going to be like a Lou Dort, but with an actual jump shot and ability to play. Um, so he's got really good shooting potential. 
Um, already is a pretty good shooter. So he's going to be an elite role player. He's not going to be a guy with crazy star potential, but he's going to be an elite role player in the NBA. And I think that's what the Cavs are going to go after. I think they're going to go after defense. Um, and so this is defense with a side of offense. This is basically your typical three and D player. Um, they have their two point guards already. So they have Darius Garland and they have Colin Sexton that they're still figuring out. The other direction they could go is they could go the Onyeka Okongwu route, um, or they could go Obi Toppin. Oh God, if they, they could probably take Obi Toppin, but personally, I just, I had them taking Isaac Decoro as the smart choice. This is kind of more what I want. Uh, rather than what they'll probably do. They might take uh, Obi Toppin to fill the stands. Um, but I just felt like on their roster that they have right now with Kevin Love, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, thought this was the best fit for them. Yeah, so you kind of said his name already, but I actually have Onyeke Ongagwu going here. Onyeka Okungwu, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, dude, I'm so bad at these names, bro. Why do they have to make, why do- it's all, why- It's all right, bro. You're kind of like- uh, you're kind of like Charles Barkley right now, bro. <laughs> Why do basketball parents have to be so like freaking difficult with their kids' names? It's the last name. They don't choose their last names. Yeah, that's true. Their first name's pretty easy to pronounce. Onyeka. Onyeka Ongagwu. Is that how you say? Okungwu. Oh, <laughs> I think O and then Kung Fu, but it's Kung Wu. Onyeka Okungwu. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, you said his name. I have Onyeka Ongkungwu. Onyeka Okungwu. There we go. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So you said his name. I have Onyeka Ok. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I have him going (laughs) to the Cavs here, and the reason is is because of the last two drafts where they got Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. That's pretty much the reason, if you ask me. From what I know, he's kind of undersized for a center, six nine. He's literally the exact same build as a bam at a bio he's literally the same person like their wingspans their heights like they're all like within a quarter of an inch of each other yeah. they're the same player and like I, i'd agree with you i wouldn't be surprised if they went with this pick um mainly just because of the defensive end so i think they're going to look to build on the defensive end well another reason i think that they could go here is because what i'm really excited about the Cavs here and i think Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be a star one day. I, I am 100% certain that that dude is going to be a star, bro. Like, I, I'm i not so sold on Darius Garland or Colin Sexton's, like, you know, Colin Sexton has great upside, but if you look at, you know, the Cavs have a really young roster. They're kind of like the Hawks. Like, the Hawks are just too young right now to compete, mm-hmm. for, you know, to be a great They're like the team. Hawks minus Trey Young. Yes, they're the Hawks minus Trey Young. Exactly. That's another reason why the Cavs are, are not there yet, but obviously having a veteran in Kevin Love helps too. But a guy that you can look at on that roster, and you can you can name anybody, I am certain that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be a star. And having a guy like Okungwu, he's going to fit in with that role of those young players. And I honestly think that Drummond's on his way out. So I think this is a good pick right here. And you don't have to go, you don't have to do the cliche and get another guard, you know? So mm-hmm. you, you already have Consex and you already have Darius Garland, which I'm still not 100% certain on him. And but, Kevin Porter. Yeah, but you got Kevin Porter. Yeah, I mean, I think he fits in. And, you know, if maybe if he doesn't go to them, I could see him going to a team like Washington and helping out with, you know, John Wall. And if Bradley Beal stays, um, you know, he can help. Because who, who, who else is the Washington center right now? Freaking Thomas Brighton. He sucks. Yeah. No, yeah. Okungwu is um, outside of Wiseman, obviously. He's the top 
center prospect in this draft. He's literally very similar to Bam Adebayo, and that's what's raised his draft stock so much. The main concern for him is his outside scoring. So he has shooting potential based on his mechanics. I've seen he definitely has shooting potential. Um, He doesn't shoot the ball too hard. Like you'll see a lot of bigs, they shoot the ball very hard because just the way their muscles contract, like they have uh, fast twitch muscles in their arm that force them to just kind of like jerk the ball very quickly. Um, He doesn't have that. He has some decent touch. His up and out rhythm is good. So it's just really getting his wrist down um, and his fingers, right? So as long as he keeps working on that, he could uh, develop that. So based on what I've read, a lot of NBA GMs are very confident as about his ability to develop that. Um, I'd agree with your pick 100% just because I think the Cavs are, are going after defense here. Like you said, they're literally the Hawks minus Trey Young. Um, we're going to talk about the next pick, um, kind of like what the Hawks are going to do, but they're in very similar situations. Oh, and Kevin Porter? You're right, bro. That dude's a dog. I, I totally blanked on him. I, I'm so um, excited about him. I've been watching because he trains with Chris Brickley, and I follow Chris Brickley. Chris Brickley's always raving about him, um, always breaking down film on him. I've seen a lot of different um, people break down film on him, and yeah, dude, he's got he's got potential for sure. He's he's still just putting it all together, but he's that dude's not, got a bag, bro. He's got a bag. He's not there yet, but he very well could be. I think this year we'll see it. Yeah, this could be a breakout year for him. Long yeah. off season. I sent you a list of like all the future. Like I said, you know, I said the future is bright. You can go back and look at the text, but I said the future is bright. And I put all the young stars on there. And I probably didn't include Kevin Porter Jr., but that's because he just hasn't shown it yet. I think this year he'll show it. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting there. Um, okay, are we on number six or seven? Yes, we're on six. The Hawks. Okay, so the Atlanta Hawks. I'll start this one. I want you to guess who you think I'm, I'm taking here. Obi. I'll give you a hint. He's a guard and you already said his name. Oh, Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton. I think this is a good fit here for Atlanta. If they, if they want to get somebody to mimic Trey young, he's rangy, bro. Like, you know, his three point shooting was super consistent in college. Great three point shooter, a versatile guard. And he brings the defensive, uh, a defensive playmaker who can fit with Trey young in the backcourt for Atlanta. So, you know, if you, if you want to make your roster even better and see the thing about Halliburton is if you bring him in, Trey young is still going to be the guy to move the ball. You know, it's not like he's going to take away, you know, sometimes when you bring in two guys, that are ball dominant players. It doesn't work out. Um, you know, we saw that with Luke and, and Dennis Smith jr. With Dallas, they drafted Dennis Smith jr. The year before who was super athletic, um, who could dunk, but when they got Luca and they drafted him, him and Dennis Smith just didn't click very well. That's because they are both ball dominant players. And now Dennis Smith is just in a terrible situation in New York. So yeah. And he didn't end up being as good as people were thinking he was going to be because the Mavs took him kind of late and uh, they were like, oh, wow, Dennis Smith Jr. Like this guy's super athletic. So, but I don't see that with Halliburton. I think this is a, a good pick here. He's a spot up shooter, really technical, and he brings in a good defensive presence to Trey Young. So I think he, he'd he be a, a, a good fit here. That was spot on, Eric. Um, I didn't even think about Tyrese Halliburton going to the, the Hawks. So that's great that you brought that up. I have them picking um, on Yeka Okongwu um, because they need a defensive identity and because they might lose John Collins next year um, when his contract is up. Somebody's probably going to pay that man. I don't know if they want to pay him as much. He's probably going to um, get offered. I'm guessing, is he going to be a restricted free agent? Oh, gosh. I'm guessing he would be. Don't quote me on that, but I want to say so, yes. Yeah, he'll probably be a restricted free agent. I don't know if he's going to 
Um, the Hawks are going to want to pay as much as um, he's probably going to get offered. So likely he'll, he'll likely be out the, uh, out the door. So Onyeka Okongwu would replace him. Uh, wouldn't be able to shoot near, like not close to him at all, but he'd replace him on the defensive end, be a lot better than him on the defensive end. And so we've already talked about Onyeka Okongwu and all that. Um, I'd like to bring up if the Cavs don't take Isaac Okoro, um, expect the Hawks to take Okoro or Halliburton um, for all the reasons that Eric mentioned. The Hawks need defense, and they can always use more shooters to space the floor for Trey Young. Absolutely. All right, pick number seven. We got the Detroit Pistons here. I'll go ahead and start again. I got the 220-pound Lob City threat of Obi Toppin from Dayton. You know, I could see him going to the Cavs. I really do. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going to the Cavs. I've heard a lot of things about him going to the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, especially with you know them using uh, top ten picks on guards in consecutive years. You know, they they could go big there and add a weapon around them. Um, but yeah, Obi Toppin, you know, freak a freakish athlete, man. He can. He's a rim runner. He finishes lobs super well, and he can even spot up from three every now and then. So, uh, super athletic guy here. You probably know more about him than I do, but that's from what I what I've seen, and they, I like this pick here for the Pistons. Um, but you know, obviously, I could see them trading up as well. Yeah, I took Obi Toppin as well, surprisingly enough, um, for the Pistons. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I think he should go around this area, um, seventh or lower, or like between like seven and ten. Mm-hmm. But he could potentially get picked earlier just because of all the hype surrounding him. Um, I don't know if it would be necessarily a mistake. It, it might just be a move for teams to fill the fan, uh, to fill the stands because he's probably going to be the most NBA ready player in the draft to where you can just plug him in and he's going to be a beast right away. He's going to be a lob threat. He's going to be able to hit spot up threes. Um, he shot 40%, over 40% from three, um, in his time at Dayton, even though it was on limited attempts, you, you just see the way he, the way he shoots the basketball, he's a shooter. Um, it just, he just needs more reps in order to, to be able to shoot from that NBA range consistently. So yeah, I got Obi going to the Pistons because um, just because I think he might slide a little, if he does slide, I think this is the best pick for the Pistons. If he slides, they could pick him up, but I expect them to try and trade up for LaMelo. Yeah, I like it. All right. Number eight, we got the New York Knicks. Who are you taking here? Oh, Knicks. I chose Tyrese Halliburton. Um, this would be, I I can't say very surprising because this draft is so deep, but like, I feel like a lot of these players, they should be top seven, top five picks. Um, but they're not going to be because how good this draft is and because of how little we know about all these prospects comparative to previous years or, um, how much we know about what teams are, are looking like, um, and looking like they're going to draft, uh, as opposed to previous years. But I've got the Knicks taking, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, if he's available, the Knicks 100% should take him. I don't know if they will, though, because they're the Knicks, so they could potentially go and pick somebody dumb. Um, normally, they pick the flashy players, the guys with the hype around them, the OB Toppins and things like that. I just didn't think OB Toppin would be, would be around for them to, uh, for him to pick them. So um, Tyrese Halliburton, we've already talked about him. Tall, long guard, uh, hit, catch, and shoot threes. Um, can also play point guard or shooting guard. And I think he would compliment RJ Barrett well. So I like that pick, Preston. And the Knicks need a guard too. That that's a hundred percent certain. But instead, why don't they take a three and D wing and Isaac Okoro here? 
Yeah, if Okoro is available 100%. Yeah, I mean, he comes in and he contributes to the defensive end right away. And, you know, he, he poses an offensive weapon as well. Uh, he's I think he has very underrated passing skills, and I think he's very good at making defenders uncomfortable. One of those guys that is going to get in your face, and I think New York just needs that energy from this guy. So if he's there, I say why not take him? Yeah, 100%. That's a good pick. I think this pick is going to be... I think a lot of people were going to have the top eight are going to be all the same and the Knicks are just going to take whoever is left from there because after that, it's kind of a drop. Yeah. All right. Number nine, we got the Washington wizards here. Who do you got at this position? Yeah. We all know that the wizards are going to draft defense, 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 defense. That is all the wizards are going to draft. Uh, they're the worst defensive team in the NBA this past season, historically bad. Um, so they could either go in the direction of a, uh, a three and D wing defender, or they could um, use an, uh, go for an interior defender. A lot of people are saying um, a Kung Wu, but I don't think he's going to fall that far. Um, I've seen a Coro. I don't think he's going to fall that far. So what are your options after that? You've got Devin Vassell or you've got precious Ashiwa. Um, I think Devin Vassell, is a better prospect. Um, so I think they would go that direction, even though precious at might be a better fit um, because they don't really have much interior defense and he'd be a great shot blocker, great rebounder. Um, he'd be kind of like a, uh, what's his name? The manimal bro. Why am I blanking Kenneth Faree, dude? He'd literally <laughs> be like, he's going to be in the next Kenneth Faree. That's what he is. So I'm going to say that the wizards go bold here and they don't get a defender here. I think they go Killian Hayes here at the point guard position. And the reason is, is because I think they need more youth on the offensive side. We know Bradley Beal might be on his way out. He might be traded. John Wall is a walking time bomb. He cannot stay healthy at the point guard position. He's getting older. He can't stay on the court. You, they need a young guy, a young energy presence in Washington. Yeah, they need a defender, and I oh, I could totally see Devin Vassell going there as well. Now, a great defender as well. Uh, and, you know, like we said, Isaac Okoru probably won't be there. He probably won't at this point. So you need a young, flashy point guard. You get Killian Hayes here. You rebuild the youth at the point guard position, someone that can stay healthy. And with John Wall being a ticking time bomb, I don't think it'd be, a, it'd be such a bad pick. And I hate saying that because I love John Wall. Facts. Um, I'd agree with you on that. I think that kind of surprised me that you, uh, you didn't pick a defender there. Um, and you went for Killian Hayes, which I could see because he is the best pick and roll player, um, in the draft, even better than LaMelo. I think LaMelo's ability to drive off the pick and roll is better, but he, uh, Killian Hayes is the best pick and roll passer. Um, he's kind of like a Ricky Rubio in a way, just his ability to see the floor, read, um, weak side defenders and, and just get the ball to the open shooter. So if you surround him with shooters, Man, that'd, that'd be pretty tough. And they've got shooters, with, obviously, with Bradley Beal and uh, Ryu, Ryu Hachi, uh, Hachimura. <laughs> Ryu Hachimura. Yeah, I'm excited for him, too. Uh, he was just – he played pretty well. I mean, the, the Wizards weren't that great, but <laughs> he did what he could. Yeah, I mean, he gave it his best effort. That's all you can do with the Wizards, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is an exciting. This is an exciting pick right here, Preston, because it's an exciting team. The Phoenix Suns. Who do you got them taking at number ten? Ooh, we just talked about him. Ooh, 
Woo! This is my favorite pick. If the Suns pick him, this is my it pro- might be my favorite pick of the draft. Um, the Suns are going to take Killian Hayes and pair him up with Devin Booker, bro. Ooh, we bro. They surround him with shooters. They got uh, Kelly Oubre. Dude, you know, they got they got shooters, bro. They got shooters. They surround him, put him in pick and roll situations. He'd literally fill the same role as Ricky Rubio was filling with the team. He'd just be a better shooter. Um, and he'd end up probably being a better player than Ricky Rubio. Um, I mean, that's the goal. And he'd have a chance to learn under Ricky Rubio for the last two years of his contract before um, he either moves on or resigns for um, a lower rate. Um, but yeah, I love this pick. I think it would be the perfect situation for Killian Hayes. I like it. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the rumors too, because we, we could see possibly a mentor and Chris Paul going to Phoenix too, because they said he could be on the trade block or the trade rumors there. Yeah. If, if they get Chris Paul, um, then this could shake like everything up in that regards. Whereas oh. like they don't take him anymore because they have Chris Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I like what you saying about Killian Hayes. Cause you know, you bring in someone to mimic Devin Booker in the backcourt. I don't know. I think Phoenix should go wing here and they should get, this is a sleeper pick right here. Sadiq Bay. 68. Hey, I like your thinking, bro. Hey. 68 six, eight Villanova product. He can guard anywhere between the 1 and 4 position. If you look at the Phoenix Suns defensively last year, they were one of the bottom half teams. Uh they need a defender. And you know, you look at a Phoenix team that's they're a shooting team, which is okay because Bay made 45% of his three-point shots last season. So he's a good mm-hmm. shooter. Um but he's also a wing guy. So I think, you know, you can help with that. And so I think this would be a good pick here. And I, I think your backcourt's going to be okay, especially if you can get a guy like Chris Paul. You got Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio is uh, is it a veteran. So it's all what they do here. You know, a lot of things are going to change, but I think Sadiq Bay is a sleeper pick here for number 10. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I like Sadiq Bay. Um, he's a little bit older than most prospects, but he's NBA ready. Um, and a team like the Suns, who's looking to make a playoff push next year, um, they need NBA ready talent as opposed to um, a project. All right. Number 11 here, we got the San Antonio Spurs. So who do you got here? Yeah, so this guy is a player that's been talked about um, going in the top seven in some mock drafts that I've seen. There's just a lot of question marks surrounding this guy. Obviously, he's he has a really high ceiling, but there's just a lot of question marks. And that is Patrick Williams, Devin Vassell's teammate at Florida State, um, 6'8", big forward, um, who struggled from the three-point line, um, but has shown shooting potential. He was a bigger part of the offense than Vassell was uh, at Florida State. Um and I, I just see him being a, a good pick for the Spurs. I think the, the Spurs would be able to mold him. They, as you can tell, they've been drafting a lot of athletes um, in their previous drafts. And I forgot to mention, this is the Spurs' first lottery pick since, do you know who? Oh, gosh. No, it had to be in the 90s for sure because they, yeah. This is their first lottery pick since Tim Duncan in 1997. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what I, I didn't want to be wrong. So I didn't guess, but I had a feeling it was him. Yeah. I mean, shoot, they hadn't missed the postseason in 22 years. Yep. Yeah. So first lottery pick in 23 years. Um, DeRozan is going to have his player option and, or he might get traded. So he'll either pick up his player option, might get traded or um, not pick up his player option. So um, they'll have a spot to fill there. I think Williams would be a good fit at the small forward position for them um, to develop. And 
I like him. Um, he'll be a solid defender right away, but he's a very raw wing, um, and it's all based on potential for him. So you said Williams. Why not take his teammate and Devin Vassell here at number 11 for the San Antonio Spurs here? There's so much uncertainty here, and I think the Spurs do a really good job with developing players, and I think with as much potential as a 3 and D wing that Devin Vassell brings – I think the sky could be the limit for this guy if they draft him here at number 11, if he's there. You know, he's he's the number 14th ranked prospect, according to NBA.com. Um, but it, it's very likely that he could be here at, at this spot. And I just think with all the uncertainty and, you know, the potential that he has, I think, you know, if, if they develop him right, he could be, a, you know, he could be a, a star in the making. So it, it all depends how he develops, though, too. Um, and it's, it's a safe pick. It's nothing like too crazy out of the bloom. It's not something that would surprise me. Like if they did end up going Patrick Williams, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think this would be a safer pick for them. Um, as far as developing a three and D wing guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, Vassell is a better prospect for sure. Is it Vassell or is it Vassell? I just say Vassell. Shoot. You say it one way. I'll say that the other way, you know, one of us is going to be right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, um, Devin Vassell, um, obviously I had him going to the wizards. So I have him, I have him going a bit earlier because I do think he's a better prospect, um, than Patrick Williams. So if he is on the board, that's, that's a steal for the, um, for the Spurs in my book. Yeah. Okay. And then number 12 here, we got the Sacramento Kings. I'll kick this one off. I have Aaron Nesmith going here. I think, you know, with the uncertainty of Buddy Heald, I think Buddy Heald is another guy who's also on the trade rumor. Um, I think he, he's not really happy in Sacramento. And, you know, bringing Smith in who could add in an intriguing, uh, intriguing core at the point guard position, you know, he made 52% of his three-pointers at Vanderbilt last season, uh, you know, 6'6 six, six frame, which is pretty much the same frame as Buddy Heald and makes him a potentially dynamic two-way force. And automatic, he would automatically replace Buddy Heald at that position with De'Aaron Fox. You know, great size, 213 pounds. I like uh, Nesmith going here. Yeah, um, you're, you're definitely in the right direction as far as um, what the Kings are, are going to be looking at because they're going to be losing Bogdan also, um, most likely if he doesn't resign. So uh, I think they're definitely going to be thinking shooting and defense. Um, in this, in this situation. So you had Sadiq Bay going earlier. I have him going this pick. Um, I think he'd be a good fit for the Kings if he's still on the board, which I think he will be. He's projected like in the teens, he's projected between like 13 and like 19 or something like that. So he's a projected mid first rounder. I think if he goes here, it'd be a really good fit for the Kings and that'd be a great pickup for them. Um, it'd be immediate help. You know, he's a little bit older, but he, like we said before, he's NBA ready. And he's versatile for all the reasons um, you listed. He's a versatile defender. So if they don't get him, then they could go for like Achiua or something like that. Or they could go for Aaron Neesmith, um, who is the best shooter in the draft. So they, they could go a variety of options, I think. Um, but within that area, they're going to draft. Yeah. And then also going into number 13, we got the Pelicans here. We already said his name, Patrick Williams. Um, This is kind of a gamble for me because I do think that the Pelicans could go shooter here. And so maybe they could get a guy like Nesmith if he's still there. Um, But I I went ahead and put uh, Patrick Williams going 13 to the Pelicans. Um, I think he's a potential to be a top 10 sleeper, so he might not even be there. But if he fell to the Pelicans at number 13, uh, you know, I think they could continue adding uh, size and length uh, to a scoring threat to mimic Zion Williamson. And, you know, 
with Patrick Williams, he can play either forward position and he's also a defensive playmaker. And I think him and Zion together would just be so raw, bro. Like they'd be like throwing lobs, just be super physical with each other. I would love seeing it be kind of fun. Physical with each other, no basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's an interesting pick. I don't think they'll go that direction. Um, But what you said earlier, I do think they, they will go for a shooter. Um, you were obviously a Neesmith going earlier. Um, I am going this pick, you know, you were right on. If he, if he drops, you know, they could take him. Um, he will, he's projected later, like I said, but I think he will go this early because teams value shooting so much. Now they're looking for that next Tyler Harrow. They're looking for that next, um, Duncan Robinson. So, um, elite shooters coming out of college. Um, you're going to see a lot of players getting drafted, um, strictly because they can shoot now. Outside of that, the, you know, the Pelicans are going to need more floor spacing for Zion. And J.J. Redick is really their only elite spot-up shooter. Brandon Ingram can shoot, but he's not an elite spot-up shooter. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot of the time. So um, for somebody, you know, he can distribute the ball to, um, and they can swing the ball around the horn to. Smith is that guy that can help fill that void. And then the last pick of the mock draft. Wow, this has been fun to talk about. I'm I'm kind of sad that we're coming to an end right here. <laughs> Dude, this flew by so quick. This is one of the best podcasts we've had. I know, bro. Um, okay, so here we go, Preston. I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk to you about this one. So the Celtics are one of those teams that could trade up. We talked about it. They have a lot of picks, great assets. Well, I mean, not really that. I mean, they have Gordon Hayward, at least, uh, that you know, might be on his way out of there. But they have this pick via the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they go. You ready for this? Drum roll. I, I I can't roll my tongue or anything, so I guess we'll go. So they've been rooming to trade up, but I have them linking with RJ Hampton right here. And the reason is, is because they need more depth at the point guard position. You have Kimball Walker, who's your starter. You have Marcus Smart, who can rotate in, in the on the off the bench as a six man or as the starting shooting guard. And you got Jalen Brown. But Who's their backup point guard? Like Wanamaker's not the answer. They already got rid of Terry Rozier uh, because he wanted way too much money and freaking uh, stupid Charlotte overpaid him that big ass contract. That was terrible. I don't know why they did that. Um, But, you know, you get some needed depth in the backcourt, which I think the Celtics need. And he's a combo guard with nice handles who can play either guard position. So you can put him really anywhere at the point guard or shooting guard position. And he's a guy that I think is a, is a sleeper in this draft. Um, I don't, you know, he could fall a little bit, a little bit lower than, than the top 15, but I think the Celtics get a much needed uh, depth position here at the point or at the guard position. And they go RJ Hampton. Your analysis is spot on. And I really like this pick. Um, the reason I am going to go a completely different direction is because they have three picks and because this draft is so point guard heavy, they can get two guards with their net, with their following two picks. Um, but a player like Jalen Smith, a stretch big, he's not going to be available once he gets taken. So there isn't another player like him in this draft. So I think they go that direction here. Um, and I could see the Pelicans going this direction as well. He's a six ten forward. Um, who is a very good shooter. He shot over 41% in college, um, and hopefully he can be a decent enough shooter to stretch the floor like a Brooke Lopez um, at the NBA level. Um, he's a really good shot blocker too, which is surprising for, for being 6'10", a 6'10 forward um, with his frame and being able to shoot. That's You don't see that a whole lot. So um, I really like that as either a backup for Daniel Tice or a starter for Daniel Tice because – uh, what they like about Tice is ability to set hard screens, 
um, play good interior defense and shoot the ball um, well enough in order to keep the center out of the paint. Um, so that's why I like Jalen Smith. And this offseason is going to be all about adding depth for the Celtics. You might be onto something here, Preston, because Ennis Cantor is also another guy that they could trade. Have some health issues. He's always getting bounced around. And, you know, whatever they're going to do with Daniel Tice, who knows? But this guy, Jalen Smith, would be a good pick there. Yeah. And Ennis Cantor, shoot. <laughs> what? <laughs> He, he can't, or shoot. Oh, he, he can't or shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's our 14th mock draft. I am. I'm so excited. The draft is literally on Wednesday, man. We're, oh my God, we're only four days away. Dude. And then we got to make a free agency video literally the day after the draft. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my gosh. so yeah, we got the draft on Wednesday. Um, quickly, um, before we close it out, players to watch for and potential surprising lottery picks. Um, you already picked, you already said one of mine. RJ Hampton, he could move up. Um, he was a projected top five pick before he got injured when he was playing in uh, in Australia. He had a really good game against LaMelo Ball where they went back and forth. That was super exciting to watch. I watched that game. Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. That's A lot of people are thinking he's going to be the next uh, Jamal Murray um, or the next Devin Booker or something like that, a guard out of Kentucky who can play really well. Um, Kara Lewis out of Alabama, point guard, fastest player in the draft. A lot of people have been talking about him going to a team like the Celtics as their backup point guard, um, wanting speed. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, he was a five-star recruit coming out of college. He ended up going to Washington, didn't play as well as a lot of people thought he was going to play. Um, he's the type of player that somebody is going to draft um, in the mid-first round and then probably develop. So he could be a lottery pick. Um, and then the last one, biggest question mark in the draft. His name is Alexi uh, Paku. <laughs> this name's a lot tougher than Onyeka Okongwu, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Alexei uh, Pokusevs- Pokus- <laughs> Alexei Pokusevsky. Pokusevsky, I think. I think. That's right. <laughs> so sorry if I pr- mispronounced his name. Um, Alex- Al- Alexei Pok- Pokusevsky, um, he played in the same league as Giannis. And he's a seven-footer who can shoot the ball extremely well. Um, he's got a little bit of a handle. He's not necessarily like a bull bull, but he, he is kind of a unicorn. He's more like a Kristaps Porzingis. So <laughs> um, we'll see what happens there. Um, but those are my players to look for. Very nice. Very nice. I didn't make a list, but I agree with most of your guys. So, but yeah, uh, I think that's really going to close it out. I don't think there's really much more to say. You obviously have some trade rumors. I'm just going to go ahead and say some players that could possibly get traded. Uh, we talked about Chris Paul, uh, Zach Levine, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Uh, I added PJ Tucker because there's some contract situations there. He's not a big <laughs> player, but he's just a guy that I, I brought up. Victor Oladipo. We don't know what's going on there. Who else? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. DeMar. DeMar DeRozan. Bradley Beal. A lot of great players. So whenever that free agency hits, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But those are just some guys to keep on y'all's radar for the next episode that we have of NBA. We will see you guys really after the draft and next Wednesday for NFL week 11. Catch y'all later.